Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today I have a very famous and interesting guest. His name is Jason Tardik. As seen on Bachelorette, Jason is a motivational speaker, investment banker, life coach, and host of Trading Secrets podcast. will be sharing with us the action steps to help you define and achieve your vision of financial, professional, and emotional success. Also, Jason just came up with a new bestseller, and it's called The Restart Roadmap, Rewire and Reset Your Career. So if you are feeling lost in your pursuit of finding happiness within yourself, your career, or your personal life, The Restart Roadmap is perfect for you. This book will help you evaluate your life, identify the questions you should be asking yourself, drown out the voices that push you in the wrong direction and redefine what success means for you and so much more. But in this episode today, we'll be talking about investing, finances, NFTs, how can you invest. Also, he will be sharing his experience on Bachelorette and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Jason. I'm so glad to have you on Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I just found out I'm I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I'm heading over to Atlanta uh, right after this podcast. Actually, Caitlin, my fiance, is Dancing with the Stars uh, Saturday night, and you just told me you're located there. So what a small world. That's so exciting. Yeah, I know. And of course, you're such a celebrity, everyone. All the girls are, I mean, you have so many fans and how do you handle it all? And would you please tell us more? How did you get into it? How did you start it? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So it's, it's all, it's very surreal to even hear you say that. Um, but for me, you know, it was, I would say, well, Caitlin and I would say, just like a familiar face. Cause we were just on 
a dating show. And that dating show just happened to be one of the larger ones called The Bachelor. And, um, and then, of course, social media allows you to connect with people. So it has been such a whirlwind for me. And, you know, I'm just a kid from Buffalo, New York, uh, that grew up in an area where, you know, we just kind of we worked hard and we, we thought we knew what the blueprint to success was, which was, you know, go to school and say yes to your boss and just keep working hard and get promoted and relocate when you're supposed to. And then all of a sudden, my life kind of turned upside down when I went on the reality television show. Uh, the Bachelor, uh, The Bachelorette. So it's been a whirlwind since then, and um, it's been a really a fun, fun ride. And the whole thing has changed. To your point, has changed my life in almost every way. Really, what I do for a living, uh, who I'm engaged to, where I'm at today. So you just never know when you take a life detour how it could really uh, impact almost every form of of happiness and success in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah, so true. And especially for you guys both being public figures, how do you handle it? Like it's so much pressure probably because media is always on you, right? Yeah, I think it was a lot of pressure, especially early on because, you know, I just came off the show and then Caitlin had just got out of a relationship. So there's a lot of pressure right after. It was kind of a crash course in communication, right? I think whether you're in the public, public eye or not, um, you still have eyes on you, right? It could be your next door neighbors. It could be your community, or it might be, you know, the social media following uh, to each their own. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to communication. Truly, it's being on the same page, uh, operating as partners and best friends. And even there's an aspect of like business partnership. Like when you have a business partner, you have to be on the same page as to what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Uh, You have to put in, you know, uh, an arrangement of what rules there are and aren't. And I think that just goes for the relationship as well as we just have a really good understanding of of what to expect from one another. And um, that takes, you know, time, effort, and it's not always perfect, but we learn from some of the, you know, messes you have and challenges you undergo to just become stronger as a unit. That's amazing. Of course, communication is always a key to any problem and to successful relationship. And how was the experience on Bachelor? <laughs> was, oh my God. Did you have any challenges? I'm sure you it have. was. It was a wild, wild experience because you go from, you know, I never really been in front of a camera. Like, I don't know. I've just never... I've never been in front of a camera. I don't really know what producers are. And all of a sudden, you know, I'll ask anyone out there. Imagine you go on a first date, right? First dates, it's a lot of pressure. Like you got to, you know, how are you looking? How are you speaking? And are you guys have energy? Now imagine you go on a first date and you know that that entire date is recorded and 5 million Americans are going to be watching it. And there's cameras all in the background and there's producers going on over here. I mean, you're just like, what is happening? So it was a wild world. It was a crazy experience. No phone, no TV, no internet. And I actually just came out with a book called The Restart Roadmap. And so you can actually get that book on Amazon right now. It's just pre-ordered. But the reason I say that is because a lot of the stuff I talk about in the book is my experiences, not only in Wall Street and some of the most powerful executives in banking, uh, but also behind the scenes and some of the lessons I've learned um, through reality television and how I can take some of these experiences, like the ones I'm sharing with you now, and connect the dots to say, hey, here are some really good tips and tricks as you rethink about how you brand yourself, how you make a first impression, how you negotiate, how you adapt to surroundings you're not used to. It was a wild experience and I drew so many learning lessons from The Bachelorette. Wow, that's amazing. And can you 
teases more. Can you tell us like what's what else is in the book? So uh, yeah, more, if you can share like one secret. <laughs> of course, that would be awesome. So again, yeah, you could just go. I mean, you could buy it right now pre-sale on like Target or Barnes and Noble. But the easiest place to do is go Amazon. You type in the Restart Roadmap, and you can pre-order the the hard copy. But the book is called The Restart Roadmap, and the subtitle is Rewire and Reset Your Career. And essentially, what happened to me is after I went on the show, and I I, I actually have the memo of the uh, the memo I wrote my boss to go on the show is in the book. And I talk about how I went back to work after and I was uh, pressed with this ultimate um, ultimatum, which is restart your career or uh, restart your brand at the bank. And if you restart your brand at the bank, there is no more podcast. There is no more uh, social media. You, you work here and that's it. And so not only did I restart my brand outside the bank, but I built a company called Restart to help people refine their career. And that's what this book is about. It's an eight-step strategy to help anyone refine and rethink about the biggest decisions in their life. You know, where they live, what they're doing, why they're doing it, their relationship with the boss, how they're negotiating on their behalf, how they're breaking the blueprint to achieve pinnacle success. Eight strategies that are a roadmap to help people make the slightest change in their life or the most material change in their life. And whether you use all eight steps or you use part of one step, there's definitely takeaways that everyone can implement into their day-to-day routine. I love it. Sounds very exciting and interesting. I need one <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You go get you pre-order one right now. They're open. <laughs> Well, from your banking experience, what can you tell us, like what's going on now? And I know NFTs are huge right now. So for those, I mean, it's very new to some people, so they might not even know what it is. Can you explain us like, what is it and what is going to happen with it? I I mean, I know it's going to be huge and everyone's talking about it. It's going to be future. I mean, definitely. Yeah. So, so NFT, like, let's break down just like what it is, right? So the, the definition of an N- NFT is a non-fungible token. So I always like to simplify things with people because everyone tries to complicate things, I think, just to make themselves feel better about what they're doing. But let's just talk about what fungible is, right? So fungible is like interchangeable, right? So I'll give you an example of fungible. The most basic fungible uh, thing I can think about is like, you buy me a drink, and I buy you a drink, right? Interchangeable. We, we got a drink. You can have two of them. You get me a Bud Light. I get you a vodka soda, right? That's fungible. Now, non-fungible is non-interchangeable, right? So there is only one Mona Lisa out there, right? That's an example of non-fungible. There's only one Eiffel Tower. That's non-fungible. Now, there's two different types of non-fungible assets, okay? So a non-fungible asset could be something that's physical, like the ones I just mentioned, a physical asset is the Mona Lisa. You can touch it, you can feel it, you can see it. There's also non-fungible digital assets. What are those? That's like a copyright, right? So a copyright, right, or a trademark, or maybe you own the URL, AOL.com. That's a non-fungible. There's only one of them, and it's digital. I can't go touch AOL.com, but it's still an asset. So that's what NFT is. It's a non-fungible digital asset. And the token is what gives you the unique ownership of it, right? So if you own the Mona Lisa, you'll have a, and obviously there's, you know, only one person owns the Mona Lisa and it's the Louvre uh, in Paris, France, one of the best art museums in the world, but you would have a certificate of authentic authentication, right? It would tell you you own it. The token 
is what gives you the unique ownership of this piece of art. So if I have this digital piece of art, people are like, well, you could just copy and paste it. And I have it too. Well, the token part, the tokenizing of it is what gives you the unique ownership that no one else in the world can have. So that's what an NFT is, a non-fungible token. And I think the, the big, I mean, the market is blown up, right? It has absolutely increased at, at levels uh, that we haven't seen within the industry year over year. So it's massive. Now, the big thing, though, that I think we will see in the foreseeable future with NFTs, without a doubt, like almost no argument, is the idea of this utility behind an NFT. So when you own a piece of art, what else does it do for you? Oh, it gets you into this club in New York City in LA. Oh, it gets you on this, you know, there's one where you get this yacht experience. Oh, it gives you access to some of the most brilliant, you know, Mark Cuban is talking about NFT where you'll get access to him in a seminar once a month. So I think the big thing that's going to happen is you'll have NFTs that are backed by utility. The best example I could give that will hopefully click for people is um, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk uh, just came out with a uh, restaurant in New York City. And so his restaurant, to get access to it, you know, it's a restaurant club. You have to have NFT. So now it's a membership. Okay. And so you buy the NFT. Well, what happened? Everyone wanted to be a part of it. So there's only a certain amount of NFTs. So what happens is the price goes up. And then what happens is every time that NFT sells, uh, the uh, original creator, so Gary Vee, gets a royalty. And then each owner of that NFT prior to the uh, uh, buyer uh, will get a cut of it. So this is a this is a restaurant and club that's generated over $10 million in cash before it opened because it's utilized NFTs as a means of membership and contract. So it's the future. It's here. And either embrace it or miss the boat. That's very interesting. I've heard about the Gary V um, restaurant. Yeah, that's like such a great idea he came up with. And for someone who wants to start NFTs, like how do you upload them? I know you can create the art and you upload them to OpenSea, right? And then you put them for sale. What's the trick with the sale? Because sometimes, you know, the gas prices there are, or what do you call them? Fees? Yeah, the gas, right? Yeah, yeah, the gas yeah. fees, yeah. So they're more expensive sometimes and it takes, you have to invest money to put your NFT for sale. So yeah. what do you do in this case? Like, how does it work? Yeah, so I think what I would say is if you're if you're if if you know the NFT space well, then creating a project is a whole different scope than understanding what NFTs are. The big thing about creating a project is that the investors are getting very smart and they're starting to do a lot of due diligence on who the creators are. So if you don't have credibility or a team of uh, really wealth well thought out leaders, it's likely your project won't do well because. Uh, the investors now are becoming so analytical of who's creating a project, but anyone can create anything. And so the big thing is you have to build a marketplace, you have to build a community, and you have to create demand uh, by marketing. Uh, but in general, what I would say is, I think you said it best when you said OpenSea. If you've never, ever heard of an NFT, first of all, do some research on what it is. You heard what I said it is. Do some research on the market. But like, remember when eBay opened up People are like, what is this? I don't really get it. Some of this stuff you're not going to really comprehend until it's fired by trial. Like you just give it a shot. So I'm not saying go buy NFTs, but I'm saying go download that app OpenSea. It's like eBay for NFTs, right? It's the exchange where you can buy them. 
just go do some research. Look at like the top trending projects. Look at some different art out there. Read about some of the utility behind the art. And I think that's the best way to start to get in the game a little bit if you're interested is go to OpenSea, just like you went to eBay in the late 90s and early 2000s, and just like check it out. Go look at different projects, go do research. And then what you'll do is like, you'll see the projects and then go to like Twitter and go to Instagram and go look up the projects. And then on the Twitter and Instagram, you'll be able to see who the creator is and go see some interesting information about the creator, see who's following the project, see how many followers, see how engaged it is. Go to the Discord. The Discord is like the, the area where they uh, where they chat about all this stuff. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good place to start. I see. And also, yeah, NFTs and creators and artists, like do you have to be credible artists for in order to have reputation and for your NFTs to be sold? Because I know like, you know, someone had one of the artists created Birkin bags NFTs and it actually sold for more than the actual price of Birkin bags. So I mean for the real bag now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is, is it, it's not that you have to have, have an artist. You just have you have to be an artist. You have to have some form of credibility, right? So either maybe you're a successful business person and you have a really good artist on your team. Uh, you know, maybe you're just a celebrity in one area and you have credibility in that area. Maybe you're just a chef, right? But like you partner up with a really good artist and you're a specific chef of a very niche cuisine. Like you have to be, you know, you have to be, you have to have some form of credibility in some space that would make sense for someone to invest in. And I just always turn it back to like your behavior. Like, Will I invest in a project that I don't have any idea about the creator or what they've done? No. Will I only invest in a project if the artist is the best artist in the world? No. Um, there's, you know, look at Gary Vee's work. Gary Vee's work is shit. It looks like scribbles. They're terrible art. No one's investing in his little scribbles. They're investing in Gary Vee because of his credibility and community. So that's what I think is really important is really understanding what your superpower is, what your differentiator is. And these are things I also talk about in the Restart Roadmap um, is identify that and then go create the project. And that's what a lot of NFT uh, creators do. What have you learned by being on Wall Street? Are there any lessons mm -hmm. you learned? Oh, man, now I'll tell you what, the, that book is packed to 205 pages of many, many lessons. Uh, and I think that experience I got in those nine, 10 years were as much as some could get in you know, a whole career. And I say that because I relocated four times. My biggest move was from New York to Seattle, 3000 miles where I didn't know one human. And I was promoted. I, was, I had the fortune of being promoted seven times in the nine, 10 years. And then I also earned my MBA at night during it. So I got this crash course and uh, everything in regards to the banking world. But, you know, um, man, where do I even begin with this one? I would say that in general, uh, bureaucracy and, 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 and playing the politics within an organization is so critical if you want to move up the ladder. And unfortunately, it's not very objective with what your performance is and what value you add. There's a lot of subjectivity that will go into uh, how you can excel within that group and, and how you can find success. 
And so um, there's so many lessons that I learned from my days in Wall Street, uh, my days working for a large bank and working at headquarters, all those baked into the book, The Restart Roadmap. But the biggest one I'll take away from that experience was your, it's not always your performance. Uh, it's not always what's objective on paper as to how you add value. There's a lot of subjectivity that goes into finding success. And unless you identify a lot of those things, you'll have a tough time getting on the ladder and the fast track that you're looking to. And the Restart Roadmap has all of those tips, tricks, and lessons to do just that. I love it. I've been in corporate America for nine years too. I've done IT project management. I mean, it's a little bit different wall street but still it's a lot of pressure and you have to like have a boss that you have to answer to <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lot of work and managing the boss relationship and peer relationship is a, there's a lot that goes into it and if you find yourself that you're struggling with this at all or that you could use some advice or insight as to how to better uh, manage the relationship with your boss uh, the restart roadmap is a great place to start and, you know, just simple stuff. Like it's not just about the relationship with your boss. It's about the relationship with your boss's boss and your boss's boss's boss and all different areas and angles within the organization and different channels. Those are really pertinent things. What do you think about market going? I mean, where do you think is market going in pandemic? What do you think? Yeah, the, the market question is the big question everyone's yeah. talking about right now. So, you yeah. know, I'm a big like, put your money where your mouth is. Don't just talk about it, do it. And so I'll tell you, yesterday, I, what did I do? I bought, I bought a whole, a six, six figure amount of, of stock when um, the market tanked early on. I think that you, you have to look really, you have to make your own interpretations of what's going on and what's impacting the market. And when it's quick unknown, like we are seeing now, it's gonna, you're gonna have to, you know, make your interpretations of what will come and are we over-exaggerating what's happening? Um, do we think there's a, a re resolution in place, especially obviously I'm referring to the Russian invasion of Ukraine? These are things that are really severely impacting the market in both ways. Yesterday, the market got, you know, really opened up and was down like 200 basis points and then it ended up closing up around 200 basis points. So it had this huge swing and we're seeing a lot of huge swings. And some of the things that are driving the huge swings are of course, this war, right? The war will impact the price of gas. It'll impact the volatility of what's next. Anytime countries that are at war, they're obviously not producing um, their greatest output economically because they're focused on literally fighting a war and the cost of that is uh, expensive. So war is never good for the stock market. Um, we're seeing inflation now. So we're seeing inflation at levels we haven't seen it in over 40 years. So the year-over-year -year increase right now from seven and a half to practically nothing is the largest increase we've seen in 12 months since 1982. So inflation is playing a huge part and huge role into what's going on with the market. And also supply chain, like you're seeing uh, you know, a ton of issues with supply chain and how we're managing that and how that's impacting corporate growth and corporate earnings. And, and the big one, the golden question is, interest rates, right? Interest rates will have a huge impact on buying power, on, on the cost of capital. And we're expected right now, the market is pricing in seven interest rate hikes over uh, by the end of 2023. So you got so many moving parts right now. You got supply chain, you have uh, you know, uh, you know, an election not too far away. We're in like mid-year, so in a couple of years, you got another election coming on. You have uh, a huge amount of stimulus that was pushing the company to help or pushing the country to help, um, uh, you know, reduce a complete flatline. But now a lot of the stimulus and, and other moving factors has led to inflation. 
And so how are we managing inflation? We'll be watching what the Fed is doing. Uh, so you got that, you got supply chain issues, uh, or you have this, uh, obviously, COVID, overcoming COVID and seeing what happens with that. And now you got Russia uh, invading Ukraine and you have Putin saying, you know, I don't care what the repercussions are. We're going to do it no matter what. So there's so many things up in the air. And unfortunately, you know, the, the best advice I could give to anybody is make sure you're doing your research, make sure you're doing your due diligence. Get rich quick is not an acceptable uh, terminology and is not something that I subscribe to. And don't just go follow someone and, and, and make the picks they make, they make. If I tell you right now, if you tell me that you bought a stock or that you're not buying a stock or that you're sitting in cash or that you're gonna invest in uh, bonds or you're gonna do this, just be able to sit there and say, uh, be able to explain what you're doing with rationale and strategy. Because how many people will say they're making a move? And I'll be like, okay, what enticed you to make a move? What research did you do? Tell me about the analytics behind the move. They have no answer because they didn't do their due diligence. So don't follow the leader. Follow yourself and do your due diligence, do your research, and be able to justify the moves you're making in life. Yeah, and also, I'm from Eastern Ukraine, actually, and it's so devastating for me to see all this happening. And I have family in both countries, in Russia and Ukraine, and I have family still in Ukraine where it's all craziness, but like it's a lot of politics and internal stuff. Like, you know, we only have here one side of the story, but it's been going on in Ukraine for a while, for like eight years or nine years, this war been going on in Eastern Ukraine, but now it's spread up to the whole country, but it's a lot of internal stuff and political stuff there that we don't see here, but actually, you know, people that live there, they know. Yeah, that's well, I'm first, first and foremost, I am so sorry that you, uh, you know, you're going through this and that you still have family there. I mean, I can't even fathom how challenging that is. But you also bring up such a critical point in the fact that, you know, this is stuff that has been happening since I, I think, and you might know better than me, but I think since the end of World War One, and that with I believe from the research I've done within Ukraine, there's actually a divide within the country, like the eastern side and the western side, where a lot of the western side still adopt a lot of Russian principles, yeah. and where the eastern side is like full on democracy and yeah, like even, western even the, the religion, right? Yeah, they always hated us, like western side and eastern side. We always, like, you know, spoke Russian. Mostly, Russian people are there, and it's like it's been civil kind of war been going on for like since 2013 i wasn't even able to go there for six years because it was considered a war zone wow. now finally i went to ukraine last time we were supposed to have a podcast remember i had to reschedule because yeah i was in ukraine at that time for almost six months because i had family emergencies there i had two family i mean two family members almost passed away oh, and no. yeah and i had to spend there almost six months and it was considered war zone. I mean, I was there. Everything was fine. Now it got to the peak where they trying to resolve it somehow. I don't know how, but it's been going on that long and no one did anything about it. But now it's finally got to the point where, you know, it, it created a critical situation. But yeah. I hope so. What, what's your take on it? Where do you think what do you think will happen? It will be divided. Like we already have in Eastern Ukraine parts that are independent republics. And if you have Ukrainian passport, you can't even get there. And those republics are allowed to get Russian passports if they want to. 
and they're like considered independent republics but it's just they wanted to separate so it was i mean but so many of my friends lost their houses and there is no housing insurance no one will replace it for you like you lost the house that is worth five hundred thousand or more you're done so it's like so many people lost their businesses they moved to different cities like especially i was from mariupol and that was like all the donbass area where it was like the main war before that's why they destroyed the airport there international airport it was huge and all the people from there moved to my city and they i've seen all of them like randomly met people in the street and they talked their story i mean they told me their stories and it was crazy because they had huge businesses they had huge houses and they lost it all it's devastating it's just devastating well my thoughts and prayers go out to every family member and every individual who is enduring that losing what they've worked so hard for And, and and even obviously much more uh important than that the health of all the people out there i mean yeah she it's just it's terrible it's absolutely terrible Uh, thank you so much i mean it's been the whole mess internal mess in the country for a long time and it's just like you know no one really did anything but finally they tried to do something so hopefully they will come to peace and resolve it somehow yeah sending prayers for sure thank you and also going to the next question, how and where can we learn more about like stocks, NFTs? Like, do you, can you recommend any reliable resources? Yeah. So, so we have, um, so of course I started the, uh, just wrote the book, the restart roadmap, but that was derived from a company I started two years ago called restart. And so you can find it on Instagram. It's restart underscore reset. And what we do is we break down all the things you've got to know in the market and finance. And so you have the page there with all the information and education out there. And additionally, we have a, a networking group and an all access group that gives you access to all the stories in the day, all the tutorials. We have a financial toolkit, et cetera. So we do a lot of, a, a lot of research. And I think what we do is it's not like we do things so drastically different. But the thing is, is we make it easy to understand. So restart underscore reset, following that and joining the membership is definitely a great place to start. But there's so much information out there. Like you can go to, uh, you know, in YouTube and just t- take educational courses on what things mean. Instead of listening to people telling you what to do with your money, first understand what things mean. The best resource, the number one website I still use today and I used back when I was training in the bank when I was 21 is investopedia.com. I mean, that is such a great source. If you're confused about a word, if you're confused about what something means, you literally can put it in there and they'll give you a full lesson. So check out Restart and then always remember investopedia.com. Nice, thank you for this advice. And also being on TV and being a public figure, how did you deal with trolls and haters? Some mean people making mean comments. How did you deal with it? What helped you? (laughs) (laughs) You know, if they're taking the time out of their day to come and troll me, hey, what the hell? That means I'm doing something right to get their attention, I guess. Uh, But I think a more mature response is, you know, it is what it is. I think some people will criticize and give you feedback. And you have to filter through what feedback is actually warranted. 
You know, is it, are you going to be self-aware enough to say, you know what, that person made a really good point. I didn't think of that. And next time I will, and I'll think more thoroughly about what I'm doing, but there are people out there that just spew hate. They literally are just feeling so much pain themselves that they're trying to put it onto someone else. And the only thing you can do is understand that there are a lot of people in this world that are hurting. And there's a lot of people that uh, their emotions and their behaviors aren't connected and their behavior of trying to troll you and bring you down as a result of pain they're feeling. And I think as a creator or as someone that's putting content out or doing stuff like that, you just have to be aware that that is the standard case. And when the larger sample size you work with, the more uh, outliers there will be. Outliers are a lot of things, right? Like outliers could be the most, the best fans in the world. Outliers could be the most hate in the world. But when you increase the sample size of what you're, of people that you're connecting with, you're going to get more volume of those things. It is what it is. Filter through it. When someone gives you feedback, don't be defensive. Maybe there is a learning lesson there, but also be self-aware enough to know that there are people just trying to drag you down and create hate in this world and separating yourself from that is really important. So true. I agree with you. And I, I like how you said you have to filter out that don't take it too close to yourself. And, and I usually feel sorry for those people. I just think that they had a bad day or something yeah. in their life that they have courage to say that to someone they don't even know. Sure. Exactly. Well said. So well said. And where can our listeners find you? Social handles and yeah so every social media forum so tiktok youtube instagram uh twitter all of them is just going to be jason j-a-s-o-n underscore tartik t-a-r-t-i-c-k and then if you have an interest in ordering um and ordering the restart roadmap you can just go to amazon and grab a hardcover there where i'm pre-sell now if you want to learn more about it before you order it on Amazon, they have all the people that endorse the book and, and information, but there's also a website called the restart roadmap.com, uh, which is cool. And what's really fun is that my fiance has a scrunchie line called do edit. So what we just did was we launched a collaboration, the restart roadmap and the do edit combo. So she has two scrunchies right now that uh, definitely connect to the colors of the cover. And those two scrunchies are going to be free. We have 195 bundles to give away that are free if you pre-order the book. And then you just, there's a quick little form. It takes like two seconds to, to submit. That's how you get entered to win it. Um, at the restartroadmap.com. So you just put in like your name, I think your receipt number, and then you're entered to win the 100, uh, 195 total scrunchies we have. Those scrunchies are valued at like 25 bucks retail. And the book is like, I think it's right now 22 bucks on Amazon. So it's almost like you're making a buck or two uh, if you go pre-order the book. That's incredible. And the last question, what was your experience on Bachelorette? How did you make a right decision? Like, how did you know? How did you follow yeah. your heart? Or how did you, you know, I mean, what did you decide based on? Yeah, so the Bachelorette experience is just uh, so surreal, so eye-opening. You start to realize you are in a little bit of a bubble. Uh, what happened with my story, though, is I went on the show, you know, I think like 31, 32 of us started. And I went to hometown, so there's there's four of us that went to hometowns and then I got selected to go to the next, uh, the next, you know, I, I made it to the final three is what they say. And then, um, Becca was the bachelorette and Becca and I, Becca kind of, I was blindsided at dinner. So Becca broke up with me. So 
I got dumped in the middle of Thailand. So what happened after that is they asked me to go on Bachelor in Paradise. And I ended up saying no to that because I was back at work. And it just didn't make enough sense for me at the time. I talk a lot about my decision with Paradise in the book and how much I was offered to go on and the negotiation process and things that went through my head about being on TV versus being work, being uh, back at work. But I made the decision not to go. And then there was a conversation that got sparked about who will be the next Bachelor. It was between me and this guy named Blake and this guy named Colton. And it was like uh, apparently a tough decision, but they made the decision to go with Colton, who was the Bachelor. And then what happened is my fiance, who is a former bachelorette, has a big podcast and she wanted to interview me to be like, they didn't pick you, now what? And ironically enough, she came out to Seattle where I was working to interview me to say, they didn't pick you, now what? And now what was right in front of my face. Caitlin and I met when she came out to interview me and we totally hit it off in the podcast. And it was about, I guess, well, about three months later, we started dating. So that was January of 2019. We're now here in February. I'm not sure when this will be out, but February of 2022. And, uh, you know, three years later, engaged, uh, you know, working on wedding plans. We have two uh, rescue golden retrievers together and uh, live together in Nashville, Tennessee. So it's been a whirlwind, but that's the beauty of life is like when you say yes to things and you give things a shot, you never know uh, which path it's going to bring you down. And, you know, never lock yourself into one lane. Make sure you're looking at other lanes and trying new things and doing different things because you just never know, uh, you know, when the Grand Slam will be right in front of you. I love it. Such a beautiful story. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being my guest and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Yes, thank you for having me. And again, thoughts and prayers to everything happening in, in your country and with your family and your friends. We'll be thinking about it. And uh, thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.